Today's conversation is going to be with Maureen Nies Cardol. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful person. She's genuinely good. Comes from the heart. She is a politician. She works for the Red Party in Communications at the Parliament Building here in Oslo. Well, not here in Oslo, but in Oslo. Uh, she's also a local politician in Vestfold, the Vestfold region. She's also a power lifter. This was a great conversation. She's very inspiring, and I'm glad to have spoken with her. Check it out. This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. You've been kind of on the run today. You were out doing whatever, and you're you're swinging through here on on your way home, or yeah, yeah. I've been at work. Uh, I work at the Norwegian Parliament, and then I've had a step class because I used to work as a personal trainer and fitness instructor, and I'm still doing a little bit of that. And now I'm going going home because I have a political meeting in Vestfold. Tomorrow. So, and there's yeah. that dynamic life that yeah. I've been kind of observing from <laughs> afar for the last four or five years. I've kind of known you peripherally as a power lifter. I think we waved and said yeah. hi a couple of times. Yeah. And I think I congratulated you on a deadlift or something. Yeah. And um, so that was quite some time ago, four or five years, maybe longer. Yeah. It's been some time since we met at the powerlifting. Yeah, because I haven't competed since 2019. So yeah. I've been kind of... We used to bump into each other yeah. at meets, so but yeah. The whole time I was interested in you. Like I said, I think you, you're a very dynamic person. You have many aspects to your life. You know, the political thing, the powerlifting thing. Uh, you were a manager at a at a gym at a gym, used weren't to be, you? Yeah. Mm. So you've 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 stepped into several things uh, to be as young as you are. You started your interest in politics. I read in an article, you were like 12 yeah. years old. How did, how did that come about? I'm not really sure because I think <laughs> I, like many children have like a very big sense of justice, I think. Oh, I yes, they do. With, yeah. Yeah. They're very into that. Yes. And um, for me, he that, got to eat candy. Why yeah, can't I? Yeah. You know? And it kind of just stuck with me. Yeah. Um, so that and also like um, I care a lot for the environment, for animals' rights. Uh, when I was, younger. it's a big part of your political party, is it not? Uh, yeah, at least the, um, um, for some of you, you're not yeah. a monolith. And let me just say, you're uh, you are in the uh, Rut, uh party, which is the red party uh, yeah. here in Norway. Yeah, yeah so uh, far left Norwegian politics. Yeah, Not as far left as you can get in modern Norwegian yeah. politics. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I think is interesting. That's an interesting place to be in Norway, the social democracy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. We're going to talk about that. It interests me. So, yeah. yeah. But I guess, um, yeah. So at the age of 12, I uh, got involved in like um, a youth um, organization uh, for uh, environmental um, that's politics, yeah. And then uh, at the age of 13 or 14, I got involved in like the Red Youth, which is the youth organization for the party for the that party. I'm in now. And I think it was 18 or 19 the first time I ran for local elections. Yeah. And I've been running for elections ever since. Did you win the first time you ran? No, I got like... Um, what position did you run for? Um, I was... Uh, quite far down on the list so okay. i got in like as a replacement when people were sick 
but okay. I met a lot in meetings. I'm sure you were fairly active. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, as a replacement, you know, yeah, people do get sick. People yeah. can't make certain meetings and functions and whatnot. So again, there's that interesting uh, uh, dynamic exposure to quite a serious uh, uh, batch of subject matter. Yeah. Politics is a serious thing. Some people don't take it very seriously, but like it or not, politics affect all of our lives, thereby making it a very serious thing. Yeah. So you've been a serious person since your childhood. Yeah, uh, like really. And yeah. I think also, actually, my like my local newspaper from, I grew up in Lillehammer in uh, Norway. It's I was about, married in Lillehammer. Oh my God, is it true? Yes, we had our, uh, do you know, have you ever heard of Nedreberg? Yeah. That's yeah. where we got married. Oh my God. That's where my wife chose it. And uh, that's, yeah, that's where we got married. Awesome. Yeah, I grew up there. It's known I for the good about you. Olympics, the Olympics in And my wedding. Yeah, and your <laughs> wedding. Um, but the, the local newspaper called me because they visited my school when I was like 10 or 11, or maybe even younger. And uh, we talked about politics. And they had quote, I was the only one interested in politics already back then. So, um, they had uh, made an interview with the very young Marn and I was <laughs> quoted that I wanted to be a politician when I grew up and yeah, now I am. So it's like, it's been dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> dreams come true. But, but, but was, but was that actually something you wanted, you know, with this position you have now, this activity in politics, did you really want that back then? Or did you feel back then that this was just a, a passing interest as kids have? Mm, I'm not sure, but I've always felt, um, I want to say this without sounding too cliche or something, but oh, I've, we love cliche. <laughs> I've always felt that um, both being born and raised in Norway, I have good health. I have, um, it's been fairly easy for me at school. Uh, I felt like I have some sort of privilege and that uh, being born with those opportunities i have some sort of responsibility to mm -hmm. change the world for a better cause and I've that's a beautiful that, sentiment yeah well i felt a lot of people are kind of, <laughs> yeah well, well and, and a lot of people um are selfish and they don't think of those kind of things but you had those kind of thoughts already as a 11 12 year old yeah and it stuck with me so i think um yeah already back then i sort of, i was interested. you were on a path yeah. you had an interest yeah. um you, you mentioned that you were on your way back from the uh, parliament, uh, the Norwegian parliament. Tell us what you do there. I work with uh, communication and... You're the communications representative for uh, your party, right? Yes, for it's my party. So I'm like, uh, yeah, it's... I have your words in place, <laughs> have to say the right things, you have to think of sound bites. Yeah, well, or, I'm not really saying yeah. them, it's the representatives no, so, yeah, uh, well, yeah. saying them, but... But yeah, and I handle a lot of media and, uh, and press. And it's um, a big job. I like it a lot. It doesn't feel mm. that important, but I guess. Oh wow! It it's, is. <laughs> when you when you think about the influence of media on yeah. everybody's hearts and minds, uh, like it or not, um, when you think of the influence that media has, being the communications representative, you know, in some sense, uh, the mouthpiece for the party. Uh, I don't know if you write things, statements that are going to go out, press releases. Sometimes we do. So you're kind of the mouthpiece at times for the party. That's a serious job. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> well, no, but I think, th I think yeah. this is the classic Norwegian modesty. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, look at her blushing. I don't know if yeah. you can see it in the light, but she's blushing. They do that when we compliment them. Yeah. But, but, um, but, but think about that. You, you are uh, the mouthpiece for uh, a major political party in, 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 in Norway. That's, that's quite the serious job. I don't think a lot of people think about that. I don't even, and you don't even think about it so much. It's just become routine. It doesn't keep you up at night. You don't worry about. I love it. No. (laughs) I love it. They make them very calm up in Lillehammer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you had that position? Uh, Now it's been a year and a half because after... And you're already used to it. You're already laid back about it. Yeah. Wow. Has it been a year and a half or maybe even more? No, a year and a half because after the last uh, elections, so now we have just recently had local elections, but uh, elections for government before that... um, we uh, went from having one representative to eight, so they were like, um, "Congratulations!" Yeah, by the way. thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, almost. Uh, and that's on a national basis. Yeah, that's correct. on a national basis. How did you guys do locally, though? And this time, it's little. It was a little, little down from yeah, last elections, but yeah. still on a national okay. basis, you yeah. guys went up. Um, well, you guys are ahead of the left party, Venstre. Are you not? Yes. Yeah. I. Th- I, I don't really remember because the Folk Party, the the Christian party, you guys yeah, are ahead, ahead of them. them. Yeah. yeah, so um, things are changing. Yeah, yeah. Have you talk, talk about the change? Here's here's what I find interesting, um, and I don't want you to take this as an attack question or a gotcha question. I'm, I sincerely want to know what you think. Uh, Norway is a social democracy. In America, we think, oh my gosh, those communists. Mm-hmm. We think Norway is just, you know, as far left as you can get, which it's not, but that's the mindset for, you know, from, coming from the United States. I know better. I've been here for 21 years. Yeah. But my friends think it's very, very left-leaning. And then here you are, uh, your party, the Red Party, mm-hmm. and you guys are the most, the, you are the furthest left that a political party, a modern political party is in Norway. And yet you guys are, and and again, don't take it, but numbers are, numbers are real. And you guys are in the lower rankings as far as the number of votes you guys get on a national basis. What do you guys in your party feel about that? The thing is, we used to be so much lower, so yeah. we're quite happy Again, now. Yeah. There has been a develop, yeah, yeah, from from one representative to to, to, to eight. eight. So there is there is a development, but but that that question that I posed to you has always, I've always wondered about that from the beginning when I first came here and started getting uh, interested in Norwegian politics. How how is it? How would you explain that that the f- most left leaning party in Norway is so far down on the rankings among this left-leaning social democracy called yeah. Norway. How how is that? I think there are many reasons, probably. And uh, give, a, give a couple. Yeah, I and I will say that I don't have like any answer with, uh, but um, I'll say this: I think it's odd. I ask yeah. because I think it's very odd, and I don't see. Um, me personally, I don't see anything uh, that your party represents that would make me automatically mm. do this, you know, yeah. stiff arm it. But a lot of people do mm. stiff arm the party mm. simply because it is so far left leaning. Yeah. But I, I I don't understand it personally. I'm just wondering how you. I think some of it uh, is history. So I've been in this mm. party for 
almost 20 years now. And, yeah. um, and the roots of the party is less democratic than the party is today. And I think some... A lot of people today will just say, oh, the Red Party, oh, they're communists. Yeah. And a lot of people will still judge yeah. us uh, yes. on that basis, uh, which is a shame, I think. I think so. Times change. Yeah. Looking, we can compare the way it is in America. You know, uh, right now it's the Democrats who are left and the Republicans are right. You know, uh, when I was born, it was kind of the opposite, you know, well, before I was, I'm born in 69, but in the, you know, from 64 and before, you know, it was the Republicans who who fought uh, uh, against slavery. Uh, it was the Republicans who stood for the working men. So things change. There's historical context that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to your party, the Red Party. Yeah. yeah. And I think also... Um, it would be a lie to say that we have politics for everyone. It's like, obviously, some really? people some people will get... Um, yeah, well, some people will have to pay more taxes with our politics. Oh, I see what you mean. Your, yeah. your, your party is not for everyone. everyone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I and, got it, yeah. And also, uh, some of the people that we are not for are powerful people with a lot of money owning businesses. So the they, industry machine. Yeah. They don't like the red party. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. So, and obviously, yeah, you will have uh, uh, less money and uh, you will probably, you will not have the same, you cannot own so much. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah. I can remember, you mentioned taxes. I can remember when I moved here, uh, before I moved here, I was like, oh my gosh, they pay so much in taxes in Norway. But very quickly, and I'm talking like, you know, after a couple of months of working, uh, and I started working pretty much right away. I got a job right away when I got here. And after a couple of paychecks, I never thought, I, I don't think about taxes. It is what it is. What I do notice in relation to those taxes is what I get for paying those taxes. Yeah. Um, what does the red party stand for when it comes to taxes? You mentioned yourself that under a red leadership Norwegians would pay more taxes. What tax, what would that tax money go to? The richest Norwegians would pay more taxes. Say it again. Into the, the camera, please. The richest Norwegians <laughs> would pay more taxes. <laughs> and, and I would like to ask anyone who is not a millionaire or a billionaire, please tell me what's wrong with that. Yeah. The thing is, uh, <laughs> we actually, um, there are different ways to um, pay taxes. We yeah. pay it from our income. But some yeah. people pay it from, you say fortune in English? Like uh, from, your, uh, from, from your, your wealth, assets. maybe? Or yeah, your assets. wealth assets, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, there yeah. are many very rich people in Norway. Who don't. Uh... If we have no taxing of wealth, they would not pay taxes at all. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. You want to talk about being fair, let's be fair. The rich need to pay their taxes. Yeah. Uh, uh, we see the same thing in America where uh, someone like Elon Musk is paying a much lower percentage of taxes than I am. Yeah, and people exactly. say, well, he, he makes more, so he is paying more on paper. Okay, I get that, but is it fair? Yeah, and I'm like, you don't need billions of well, kroners well, to live. So No, no, <laughs> but I wouldn't even take it that far. I just, when I just look at it on the basis of things of, of, of fairness, when I just look at that, I have that as the foundation of, of, of my thoughts on taxes. Let's just be fair. Yeah. Why should I pay 30% and someone like Elon Musk or, or whoever pays 5% or less? It's, 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 it's not fair. I don't see how that could be made to be fair. Yeah. So 
we, we, we pay a lot of taxes in Norway, but there's still a lot of unfairness because just like in America, the rich don't pay the same percentage. Exactly. And the Red Party would fix that if you guys were in charge. Uh, yeah, well, that's our primary mm-hmm. politics. Yeah. And there are, the thing is, many people have a good life in Norway. It's like, obviously, uh, yes. we have a middle class that's quite large. It's yes. better to live in Norway than in many Most other countries. Places, yeah. Yeah. But I still have things that I want to be better. Yeah. It's like, f- for example, dental care. It's not free in Norway. And it's very expensive to go to dentist. Um it is. Yeah, it is. So that's one thing that I would really like to use some of that tax money um, to fix is to make dental care free because yeah. uh, people with low income, it's like I've had conversations with people that have uh, pulled out their own teeth with like... Uh, I've, yes, I've yeah, heard the stories. Because yeah. they can't afford going yeah. to the dentist. Because In Norway. In Norway. And yeah, that's a shame. And that's the things that I want to fix. Well, you said something interesting. Um, you said that you, you mentioned that Norway is, is a great place to live and it is. I love it. I'm quite fortunate to live here. Um, it, it's a great place to live. Things are going well in Norway, but you said you want to make it better. Uh, and I'm glad you said that you an ethnic Norwegian, because I, the foreigner, the visitor here, when I say things like that, um, uh, when I say that on my show or on social media, whatever, I get attacked. I get told, I hey, you're just a visitor. Yeah. Stop complaining. And it's, and it's not complaining. I believe that the, the two things can go hand in hand. I can love living here, but also wish that it was better. Yeah. And not just wish that it was better, but actively work towards making it better, which I believe I do. Yeah. Some people don't appreciate that. Some people don't even agree. And that's fine. But I believe that living here and appreciating it can go hand in hand with also wanting it to be better. Exactly. There is, um, uh, you've probably noticed this uh, as well, that um, a lot of Norwegians are quite um, hypocrites when it comes to, if mm. if any immigrants want to change anything in Norway, yes. they will just say, go back to your own country. Yes. But if a Norwegian says it, it's more like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, you're like an uh, involved citizen. And yeah, it, that's, that's just, to me, it's a strange social dynamic yeah. where it, it, it creates an us and them type of thing. Okay, yes, I am not a Norwegian citizen. I am a visitor here. I'm an American citizen, but I am a legal resident. Does yeah. not, not, And I am allowed to vote. I, I, I just got done voting locally. Uh, what was that, two weeks ago? Uh, I didn't vote for red, though. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> we'll see what happens with this conversation. <laughs> but So so I have, the, I have the right to vote in, in local elections. Does that not give me a voice? Yeah. Or, or I have a voice. Does it not give me the right to put my voice out there in the mix? in my wish, in my actual work towards making things better here. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how, in a, in a democratic society, in a fair society, I don't understand how people could say anything other than welcome aboard. What yeah. do you think? What do you feel? What are you doing? Mm. Maybe that's the most important thing. What are you doing? Because a lot of people, Norwegian or not, they do talk. Yeah. But not everyone gets active. Yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a the laziness. Problem. That's being spoiled. That's the taking for granted all of the goodness that is in Norway. Yeah, I think it's that for some and for others, it's more like apathy or they don't really, they've just given up. They feel like nothing they're doing is changing anything. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm going to be a little mean though and say that some sure. of those people who have given up uh, and they feel that whatever they're going to do doesn't have any meaning. 
I would ask them, but what have you done? Have you just complained? Or have you run for political positions? Maybe some of have them you have. you campaigned? Have I you think, contributed in some way? Yeah, I think See, some of them have uh, voted and yes. felt let down by politicians. But there Which is, is normal because yeah. politicians let us down every day. Oh, yes. But what's the next step after voting and being let down? Getting active. Yeah. At the very least, um, latching on to that political figure that you do believe in and helping them in their campaign in some way, volunteering or maybe taking a paid position. I don't know what the possibilities are, but the thing is, is to get more active. And I don't see very many people. If, if I can cr- criticize, I'm going to catch hell from everybody, but if I can criticize Norwegian society, there just aren't very many people who get active. There's a lot of talk, but very often very little action beyond voting. Mm. And there is a problem that, um, in my um, opinion, too few people vote. It, it, there I was agree. like sixty percent now in the local elections. That quite that's quite low. But as an American, I love the voting system here in Norway. Oh, yeah, because it's more inclusive. <sighs> well, well, it, it's much more inclusive. Um, uh, in America, you have a party, the Republican Party. Uh, uh, going out of their way to make it difficult for people mm. to vote, uh, getting in the way of that legal democratic uh, uh, process. Whereas here in Norway, it's it, it couldn't be any easier. All parties agree that we want people to use the rights to vote. <clears throat> and, and you, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's just easy. Yeah. I think I was in and out in five minutes yeah. to vote. Uh, I'm not saying too much detail about what it's about because I'm going to do an episode of my show later to talk about that process because I just I just think it's beautiful in its simplicity. It's yeah. just so easy to vote yeah. as it should be I, and compared to what it is in America. It's it's night and day. Am I right that um, uh, Americans uh, in jail cannot vote if you are convicted of a felony? I believe now that's not a federal law, but individual states have that law. I don't think that's a federal law, but but individual states do have that law that if you are convicted and there's a historical context to this that a lot of people don't want to hear. But it goes back to uh, the days of slavery Uh, right after slavery. uh, All of those black Americans were freed, at least on paper. that's a large voting block. Yeah. How do you suppress that voting block? Mm-hmm. Well, you put them in jail and then you pass laws that if you have a felony record, you don't, you know, and, you know, I, I'm speaking very broadly on this historical context, you know, because certain things happen during certain years, but that's basically the end result mm-hmm. is that all of these people shove them into prison, give them that felony record, and you're removing a large portion of an opposing voting block. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yep. Yeah. It was a real shock for me the first time I learned. It's like, wow, you it's, call yourself a democracy? It's still a, sh- <laughs> it's still a shock to me. And, uh, and, and I'm an American. Yeah. <laughs> I've been involved and in, aware of politics my entire adult life. And it still shocks me that a system can actually promote something like that. Because yeah. it is systemic. Mm. It's another word people don't like to hear. So uh, there's systemic justice, but there's also systemic injustice. Yeah. If you believe in the one, you have to believe the other exists. Yeah. Am I right? But we, we're, we're quite fortunate in Norway that we don't have to worry about things like that. But what is, can you name a major uh, injustice or a major um, flaw in the Norwegian socio-political system? 
because you guys look at things differently in red and you look at, and I'll say it's a way that I like, I think it's impressive. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we do know that um, you inherit a lot of things from your parents. So one thing we know is that uh, the school system, it reproduces uh, social and economic differences. So if your parents are um, highly educated, Mm -hmm. you will not only uh, be helped better with your homework, but they have a different network, can get you like a job part-time, they can get you, uh, help you write applications. A lot more doors get opened a lot easier. Yeah, so it's not only that if your parents are highly educated, they will more likely have a good paid job, so they will provide you with all the things you need, like material stuff, but they also have the network. They also will help you with your homework. And... And in that way, and we don't, we, our school system, I, I love it. It's free for everyone, but it still reproduces that inequality. And that's a huge problem. I think. That's very interesting that you mentioned that. I uh, worked as a teacher. My first job in Norway, I was a project leader at a high school, Ungdomsskola. Hmm. And then uh, uh, later on, I split my time between that project and I was also a music teacher. Uh, so I had, I had, I still have a lot of friends who are teachers and actually worked in that system. And what you were saying it, to me was very evident. It was very obvious mm-hmm. that that was an issue that was rarely spoken about and certainly rarely dealt with mm-hmm. uh, in the form of, of of policy change to make things better. And again, that surprises me because in at least in America, when we think left leaning government. We think that those kind of things are taken care of. Republicans will actually look at that as a flaw, Mm. that those kind of things are taken care of. But here in Norway, it's not. Mm. Norway, this social democracy. It's very interesting that you, your party, the Red Party, is the only party that consistently, of course you hear other politicians say it, especially around the time to vote, but you guys are consistent yeah. On that, that's one thing that makes you guys a little bit different than the other parties here. I like to think so. Yeah. I, I I think that's a justifiable uh, compliment. I can give that compliment. And I can back it up. It, it's it's what we see mm-hmm. in the daily political sphere out yeah. there. Um, maybe you have something to do with that as a communications <laughs> boss for your party. <laughs> um, well, at least we try to like. Um, well. It's not even like a strategy, but that is our main politics. So that's what we want to communicate. I was just, yeah, that's the thing. The other people pick that up as some sort of strategic move to mention something like that. But it's not strategy with you guys. It is actually part of what your party is founded on. Yeah, it's like the core of our politics. This equality of opportunity. Yeah. Um, there's a talking point among Republicans and surprisingly to me anyway, among also some Norwegians that when we talk about equality of opportunity, we, those of us who are left leaning, we're automatically talking about, uh, there should be an equality of result, but that's not what we're saying. We're saying the playing field should be level. We're saying that everyone should have equal opportunity. Of course, it's up to the individual, whether or not they, um, um, 
uh, t- take up that opportunity and try to do something with it. And to a certain degree, it's up to the individual whether or not they succeed in their endeavors to take advantage of opportunities. But we're not saying that just because you and I go to school, I should automatically have the same job opportunities as you. You know, there are things, personal merit and performance and whatnot. Can I get you, that a lot. I was like, going to say, I was going to yeah. say, can you talk about some of the things? There's a lot of finger pointing yeah. at you guys. Uh, I just, I'm not going to say who it is, but I just mentioned uh, today or uh, yesterday evening that you would be coming in and I was going to be talking with you. And they're like, oh, communist, you yeah. know, that word, they said a lot more than that, but that word came out. Yeah. So how, how do you handle or do you handle this finger pointing, this labeling, <laughs> these preconceived notions about what your party stands for? Well, I think um, the communist sort of uh, mark, I get it a lot, but, and also people will drag it with like uh, old dictators like Stalin and Mao. But for me, um, I wasn't born. <laughs> so I usually just say that, like, <laughs> you're dragging along some history about my party, but I wasn't even born then. Before and before your time. Yeah, yeah. This, was, uh, this, is, this has nothing to do with our politics today. But also, what I think is interesting, I also get a lot uh, what you're saying, that we want everyone to be the same, and we don't. But there is a difference in understanding, because I feel like some people would say, well, we have equal opportunities in Norway because school is free for everyone. But they are blind to the fact that you are you're not at the same starting point when you get to that school. That is so important. The starting yeah. points. You, you cannot disregard the starting point. You yeah. just can't, especially with children. Yeah. And Thinking of their family to, situation, their economy, you know, finances and whatnot. You can't ignore that. Exactly. And it doesn't mean I want everyone to be equal or have the same result, but I will ag- acknowledge that some people have privileges that other people don't have. And I think as a society, we should try to even that out. Yeah. Both because it's fair, but to be honest, it's better for the whole society as well. Yeah. We will save money in the long term and people will be happier. And yeah. I think it's interesting that that word privilege causes such a strong defensive reaction from a lot of people on the political and social right. Um, You know, you might be a a very, very far right, you know, right wing, almost uh, uh, some sort of radical uh, right wing person, uh, MAGA Trump supporter or far right wing Norwegian and let's take the Norwegian, for example, and you're so proud of Norway and Norway, this and Norway is the best. And you foreigner, you mm-hmm. and this and that in Norway. Hi, hi, hi. And then when you talk about privilege, I, I, there's, there's no privilege. Well, hold on. I, I thought you just got done saying so much about how much, but, you know, and, I, and I'm kind of taking it, you know, to, 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 to the, you know, to that far polar uh, uh, existence. But it it, it, it is or that far pole, that, that that far right part of the polar, polarity of uh, uh, socio political situation here in Norway, but but people like that do exist. They 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 refuse to admit that such a thing as privilege exists, and yet we can see it every day. Yeah, uh, especially if we go back to our schools and look yeah. at the look at them when they start first grade. Who's you know where is that starting point? Yeah, I'm kind of babbling and rambling on, but it, it's 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 an issue that I'm very much preoccupied with, and I guess I feel a little frustration in that. I, I guess I can identify with the Red Party, one of the smaller parties, and you guys have this uh, this stamp on your forehead uh, based upon conceptions about what you guys were about, you know, a generation ago. 
uh, and I kind of get the same thing stamp on my forehead, the literal color of my skin, mm. the fact that I'm not born here. And they just, here you are, you're in this part and you better be quiet. You can't say too much yeah. because you are. And you, the red party, you, you've always been this way. So you better not say too much because that's not what Norway is these days. Yeah. So, yeah. And an, uh, another thing I would like to mention, because you asked about like um, inequality and stuff, health is another big issue that we don't talk too much about. But uh, if you live in poverty in Norway, um, compared to someone wealthy with a higher education, you're likely to live 10 approximately 10 years less you you die 10 years earlier yeah. and probably you, the uh, your last uh, years are also like with lower quality because you have more health issues and that is also like a huge thing that i think well also for me that i've been working a lot with health in my job as well as a trainer and I see it. I see who, who can afford healthy food. I see who yeah. can afford a personal trainer, yeah. but also the emotional and psychological sort of um, hardship it is to have well, low income all yeah. the time. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, I think that we should talk more about that as well and try to like do something about our health politics too. I had a guy on my show, I call him friend and brother these days, uh, and I finally got to meet him face to face. He came here to Norway to visit his brother, another American who lives here uh, in Norway. Uh, his name is Dr. Howell Wexler. Um, he has another job now, but he used to work at the Center for Disease Control, and he was in charge of the department uh, that studied child health and education. Uh, and he talked about this uh, with me, about how money is health yeah or the lack of money is the lack of yeah. acceptable health even in a country in norway as norway even in places like the usa and norway and and uh, here in norway where healthcare is pretty much doggone free yeah so think about what it's like then where we ha when we have people who come here to norway you know i'm an immigrant myself but i come from a place of privilege mm -hmm. what about the immigrants who come here from different lands in the middle east or or uh, from the African continent and who knows what kind of trauma they already have that they're bringing here with them. And they get into a situation where it might be a year or more before they can start working and making their own money. That's health right yeah. there. That creates a photograph, a snapshot of their health that can turn into a film mm rather than a snapshot. Yeah. And we have to take those kind of things into consideration mm. because when your health is bad, there's so much more that's going to be bad as well. There's going to be more incidences of crime. Mm. And that's not a moral issue in those cases. It's a health issue. It's a yeah. financial issue. Yeah. But people don't talk about that. You guys do. Um, and a few other, there's a few other politicians in other parties who do, but Again, I think they do it as some sort of strategic routine, whereas you guys, it's in your core values as a political party to talk about these things. Yeah. Um, who, how, how do you, how do you guys stay true to that? It must be hard. Mm -hmm. in, in other words, and again, I don't want, don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but, but you guys are struggling to get more numbers. Isn't there a temptation to kind of step outside your party plan and at least try something different, something that's more 
mainstream Norwegian politics so that you guys can maybe pull in some more votes. That's kind of cynical, but is there ever that kind of internal discussion? Yeah, well, uh, our politics is... Not everybody follows the party line. No, and our politics is made up by our members. So uh, there is there are many discussions uh, in the member group all the time no. about these things. And Now, when you say member group, is this a, a committee at the top of the no, party? No, because or? we're like organized very, uh, where everyone, if you live in a municipality mm. or a city, you will have like your own group there and you discuss and you bring your uh, person or candidate to the um, So you're in Vestfold. Yeah. Holmestrand. Uh, yeah. Beautiful town, by the yeah. way. Uh, there <laughs> so, was a time where my wife and I, for a long time, really, really thought about living there yeah, before nice. we bought our first house. But it's, it's beautiful there. Um, but it's a very small community. Yeah. So I would imagine that <clears throat> when you guys get together to talk about these things, it's not just some dude in the same party as you. It might be your neighbor or a relative. Well, uh, we gather uh, members of the party mm-hmm. to discuss these things. Maybe we're eight, 10, 15 people and we have long, good discussions and we bring our opinion to like the central I see. party. So it's like a very democratic way of, um, of uh, choosing the politics. Or There's a consensus the, yeah. with what you guys stand for. In other words, mm. it starts at the grassroots yeah. level locally and then it's brought yeah. up to the, and, and I think that's a very, <clears throat> You know, in America, we, we might think, oh, that's cute that they can do that because, you know, the parties are so big. It's a huge country and all that stuff. But I don't think it's impossible to do that, even though there are so many more people in, in the United States. And yet it doesn't happen. No, I think it's for me, it's very important to, to keep that tradition because the fact that. That's the honesty of politics, which is missing yeah, because, in many places. Uh, so many other parties, and I'd say most of the large parties in Norwegian, in Norwegian politics, they are run more uh, top down, yeah. whereas we're run from bottom up. And yeah. I think that makes the whole difference because, as you say, our members out in all of Norway, they talk to their uh, neighbors <laughs> and they uh, some of them are unemployed. Some of them work yeah. in a hospital, you know, yeah. whereas if... Um, me who work in the parliament or just the people that work in the political sphere, if we were to decide the politics, you know, it's, it, it gets like a bubble where you are more, um, you care more about what other politicians think than well, what your uh, members or your voters think. Well, you know? it, well an example comes to mind. Uh, I'm going to call him out. Um, uh, the top of the Arbeider uh, Party, uh, the Workers' Party here in Norway, uh, he is notoriously uh, talked about in the sense that he has no connection. Yeah, to, not to his voters, uh, you know, not to the people in his party, not to his voters, not to the to the greater uh, Norwegian society, because he has been so far removed from those one-to-one conversations at the dinner table. You know, he's lived a life of privilege and and wealth, you know, Um, and I'm not saying necessarily this is what I think, but this is a common narrative that I don't think is, is very far from an actuality that this man is a little too long, far removed, far removed for too long from the everyday people 
in the homes, in the streets, in the job places yeah. of, of Norway. Yeah. And, and you guys work actively to prevent those kind of things yeah. from happening. And I think you need mechanisms to prevent it because it, <clears throat> um, I know, have noticed for myself because I used to work at a gym earlier. Now I work full time with politics and um, I talk to journalists. I talk to other politicians. Mm-hmm. I talk to other people in the parties, uh, party, my party a lot. And um, I need the perspective from like the more normal people. So I try to actively like, yeah. I still teach some classes at the gym. I still want yeah. to hang out with my friends that That's are so have different jobs, yeah. you know, because uh, they see things very, very differently. And I need that perspective. Well, you do need that perspective. We all, we all need that perspective. But I think especially people who work in, in the world of politics, yeah. you guys need that perspective because if all you speak with is other politicians, those are not the everyday people with the everyday issues. Yeah. They're not. I mean, they, they can be, but in general, they're not. Mm-hmm. So perspective is important. But but being there in the parliament building, and, and, and that is your full-time job, you speak to a lot of different politicians. Can you tell me a politician outside of your own party uh, who is a fun politician to run into and have a short or longer conversation with? A lot of them are actually. Yeah. Well, the truth is, they're most of them are pretty nice people yeah. and and fun to talk to and really kind. I'd say, um, um, can I say this about her? Sure. Yeah, I think so. So the I'm going to uh, tell you a story too. So tell yours. I got <laughs> yeah, a story well, it's about quite, it's very cute though. <laughs> uh, the leader of the uh, socialist left party. So they're qu- quite close to us um, politics wise. Yeah. Um, Kirsti Bergstø. Mm. Um, I met her at the, um, in the wardrobe to the gym in the Storting um, mm. in the Parliament. And I had forgotten my socks. And it's very not fun to work out without your socks in your shoes. Uh, and she just gave me her socks. It's really, it was really fun. <laughs> I, I stood there complaining and she was like, I have an extra pair. And I thought, how am I going to get this back to you? No, you can take this. Women, we have oh, to take care awesome. of each other. You know? That is awesome. <laughs> now, there you go. Yeah. That was a nice story. Yeah. I met, um, <clears throat> now I'm, I, I don't follow, or I'm sorry, I don't agree with any of the politics that come out of um, um None, zero. I, 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 I don't like what they stand for. Uh, but <laughs> some years ago, I want to say this was in 2014 or 15, uh, I was working um, at some place. I'm not going to say what it was. And, and there were some politicians who came. This was at a, uh, a state-run uh, organization I was working. And some politicians came through, um, or a politician came through, rather, to check in on things and just take a tour of where we were. So I was standing there working and um, uh, Steve Jensen comes in and she was in the same room where I was doing my thing. And she, she kind of did a double take at me and I'm a big guy now, but I was really big. I was, this was actually before my first powerlifting competition here. I was bodybuilding. So I was very lean and and, uh, jacked as they say. So Steve Jensen, and she's known for, you know, I think she's like jujitsu or something like, or some kind of martial arts and she works out and stuff. So, and she looked me up and down and she says uh, in Norwegian, 
I mean, do es duro, You look big and strong. And so I smiled. I looked her up and down. And I said, oh, you're not so bad yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and and she laughed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that, you know, what a charming little ex- ex- exchange there. And then I saw her again about six, six eight months later at uh, the airport at Gordon yeah. And she actually stopped and she recognized me. And she said that. She said, oh, I used to that. I remember, I remember you, she says. And I said, oh, well, I guess I remember you too. You know, so it was that yeah. same type of tone yeah. and stood there and talked for a couple minutes. And it's, it, it showed the human side of her. Yeah. Now, I think she's been, and her party has been quite brutal. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, especially on social, social issues. The way I look at it, you can believe what you want politically, but when your social views start to actually harm people, as I believe her party has done uh that's a totally different thing so it was to me it was very interesting to get that that human yeah. side but i say there are kind and nice people in all parties isn't it this is what i'm getting at isn't it true that most people are good but why is it that that goodness sometimes takes a back seat mm. to one's political beliefs mm. I think we are seeing the Republican Party do that. And I'm not talking about the people who support the Republican Party, you know, the regular people, the MAGA people. I'm talking about the politicians of the Republican Party. Some of them are good people. But we're hearing more and more stories from other Republicans and some Democrats saying, yeah, but Senator so-and-so from the Republican Party tells me all the time behind the scenes. Trump is, you know, damaging the country and that they don't believe this, this piece of legislation that they brought through, but they can't, they can't say anything because they'll lose their position. So their, their goodness, their humanity, their compassion takes a backseat to their politics. I'm not really, you know, American politics a lot more than me. And I'd say, I I would guess that uh, there is more prestige and more money and more power. Involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, yes to all three. Yeah. yeah. But I have also seen that um, the longer you stay in politics, mm-hmm. and at least if you're in a party, one of the largest parties where you can get positions, where you can get power, where I also see that there is a lot of more prestige into everything, and they—they yeah. they, it's really hard for them to admit that that they've done anything wrong. Yeah, which for me, I don't understand it. I I would say I I want I politicians guess I understand that it. I understand they don't want to lose that prestige. Yeah, but still, as a as a normal person, wouldn't you like to have? politicians that could admit that they have done sure. something wrong yes. and change their opinion. Yeah. But that's where I, that's where I get into the, what I said about how their humanity or their goodness, yeah. their kindness, their heart and compassion, they let their party politics and what that means mm-hmm. get in front of that. I can't admit I was wrong. Oh boy, was I wrong, but I can't admit it mm-hmm. because I will lose yeah. my money, my position. I won't, be on the news anymore in a positive light and, and all of these things. And, and, and we're seeing it to a large degree uh, uh, in the United States. How often do you think that happens here in Norway? You say it happens in the larger parties and I'm sure it does. I know it does, but how prevalent do you, how often do you think that? It's 
hard for me. Do you think it? Do you think it has corrupted Norwegian politics to any degree, or is it maybe not that bad yet? No, I don't think it's that bad, um, in my opinion. But I think it's it's a mix of you don't want to sort of miss the unsick, lose um, space, space, lose your honor, yeah, and get and, embarrassed, yeah. yeah, and you need to like play your cards right to yeah. get the positions you want, yeah. And also, I think there is an element of um, just living in another reality. I think we see that now with um, yeah. uh, in Høyre, the right part in Norway. Um, oh boy. Yeah, there's like scandal, scandal today. Yeah. Because the husband of the former prime minister oh, and also so the leader of the right party, he's been uh, trading uh, stocks. Trading stocks that he's not supposed to have been trading, allegedly. Yeah. Um, he got caught. Yeah. And it looks, well, I guess it's a question of who do you, or what exactly do we believe? Because Anna Solberg says she didn't know. Yeah, but, but I, she, it's her responsibility to, not, to know. And, and it is, and it, and it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, I, and I'm not a uh, hater. I, I don't, I don't follow their, I don't, I don't agree with most of their politics either. But I guess I feel a little sympathy for her because I think her husband did lie to her. Of course, there's a question. When did she find out? Yeah. Did she know this before the most recent uh, uh, voting session, yeah. the most the most recent elections? Did she know? You know, nobody knows. Time will tell. They're investigating that. But the way it stands now, I feel sorry for her. Her husband was lying to her like that. Because she is really good with communication. So, she sure is. She, yeah. maybe, she Maybe you fooled me, Arna. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you've got me fooled. I don't know. But even if... if I tend to believe her when she says she yeah, didn't know. And it can I, be I true know. that she didn't know. But we'll it, see. It, is, it was her duty to know. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, that's the serious part. But regardless of that, uh, this whole... Uh, thing because he has been trading stocks for like 1.8 million uh, kroners or something it's like there um it's so much money and she said that's a lot of chocolate i, di- I didn't <laughs> notice it was only small was amounts yeah. and that's also telling me like you live in a totally different reality so it's not just about positions and and power it's also your reality is yes. very far yes. from what yes. a normal person's reality is and i think what, that affects um how you act in politics and as that's well. what happens with these career politicians yeah. she's been in it for yeah. 30 years at least yeah yeah, yeah. and uh yeah you kind of lose touch with reality you, yeah. you've definitely lost touch with reality if you don't think that these millions of kroner that yeah. your husband has traded for is a big is, is a lot of money that's yeah. uh yeah i don't know it's I find myself comparing American politics with Norwegian politics, uh, fully recognizing that they're, they are worlds apart. And yet there are some similarities. What do you see in American politics that you hope never happens here in Norway? Oh, well, a lot of things, I'd say. The, the biggest thing, the, yeah. the thing that sticks out the most to well, you. Um I really hope that um, money doesn't have that much to say, because so like, far it doesn't. Yeah, so far, yeah, because yes, uh, of course, like uh, the right party, they have like uh, their rich uncles, um, yeah, and and they have a, a, their budgets are way higher than ours. But in 
the states it's like you can't run for elections if you don't if you're you almost not if you're not rich you've but, got to have that money behind you yeah but here everyone can actually yeah. run for elections and yeah. especially in local elections it's, yes. it's quite easy if you if you're um, if you have the time if you have the time and mm. you're um, passionate you will get a spot on the list and you yep. can sit in the local council and i think that People who run for politics in Norway, they do it in general. They do it for a more genuine reason. In other words, they really want to make a difference. It's not for the money because especially local politicians aren't paid that much here. To be honest, I'd say like all local politicians, uh, at least in smaller, maybe in the city you can get some career. Yeah, in larger cities. But for the most of the part... All the people running for local elections, regardless of the party, they're like local yeah. heroes yeah. because they spend so much time yes. uh, and it doesn't pay that well. And also they get a lot of shit on social media and it's quite hard as well because... It's yeah, brutal Yeah, sometimes. and like in the municipalities, you have so many important tasks, yes. like yeah. you take care of um, yeah. elderly, school, kindergarten... But you have very little money because it's the state that yeah. stands for the funding. Um, so, yeah, it's um, quite hard job and you get a lot of shit. And I'd say, oh, my God, it's um, <laughs> your heroes to put in that effort. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I truly believe that Norwegian politicians, especially at the local level, they're doing it for a more genuine reason than, yeah. than back in the States. I agree with you. I think that the money uh, poison yeah. in American politics, that is the thing that I hope the most never comes yeah. to Norway. Uh, uh, Norwegian politics, you know, we can debate how effective Norwegian politics are, uh, but I do believe it's much more genuine mm. than it is than it is in the states. You know, even with all of the the the, the bad things, you know, with there are career politicians yeah. here in Norway who are less genuine than others, but but for the most part, Norwegian politics are are much more genuine than back in the states. I think so. Um, I want to wind this down. You don't have that much time. You've got a train to, to catch. Yeah, I haven't um, really checked the... It's uh, 725. Um, coming to the end of our discussion here, we've been at it for almost an hour. Um, everybody that I bring in here, I ask them to do two things for me. You didn't know you were going to come here and work, did you? No, I thought you were done. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say four words and I'm going to ask you to finish that sentence. Just one sentence, you know, put a period at the end of it. Okay. Maren Nies Kurdel is a human being. A human being yeah. above all else. Yeah, I guess. Well, I think you're a pretty doggone cool one. I, like I say, I've, I've been watching you. Well, that's kind of creepy. No, but I, I have noticed. I have noticed. I put a lot of things out on social media, so it's not really creepy. I'm like, I, I have been. I'm we we have been. Up. We yeah. have been. I have seen a, a lot of the things you put out on social media. I've I've seen you at the powerlifting competitions and whatnot. Um, uh, I've read articles about you and about your party and and whatnot. And uh, I think you're one of the people out there who is doing this politics thing from a genuine place of origin. Thank you. I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, and, and I think you're on your way to doing, uh, 
uh, you're already doing good things. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a very, that's a lot of trust that your party puts into you to be in charge of communications. Um, but I think you're, you're, you're going to go on to even bigger things. I'm, I'm predicting. I'm not saying I have any power as a prediction, but I'm going to make a prediction okay. uh, uh, that I think you're going to go on into, and do even bigger things in politics. So I want to wish you the best of luck with that going Thank forward. Um, the second thing I'd like to ask you to do, uh, I invite people on my show because they inspire me. I feel I can learn something from them. Uh, they motivate me in some way. Those are all the reasons why I invite my guests on. Uh, so you fit all of those. That's a compliment. Thank you. You're, you're, you're welcome. It comes from the heart. Um, I, so I think you have the ability to, uh, I, I know you have the ability to inspire and motivate because you've, you've done that for me. Can you say something into the camera right there to everybody watching and listening, something that they can take with them? You know, life is hard, right? Uh, we want to make life better, you know, uh, uh, specifically here in Norway. What can you say to people out there that can maybe guide them, lift them up through their journey? Tell them right there in the camera, please. Oh, well, that's a hard one. But I like to think of it this way. We have a very limited time on Earth, and we don't know how long that will be. But the day I die, I really want to die and feel like I did something that I can be proud of. And we all have that opportunity to do that. And that's what drives me, basically, and maybe can drive other people as well beautifully said <laughs> i can't add anything to that thank you <laughs> that's thank the you last too. thing i'll say uh thank you so much for coming i've been wanting to do this for a while and i'm glad i finally reached out and i'm very glad that you came here uh, i want to wish you and your party the best of luck going forward i'll be watching it's it's uh it's going to be interesting thank you it was really nice to be here as well and very comfortable to thank you. speak with you. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And this is probably the most English you've spoken in a oh while. God, I would yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Thank you. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't flow naturally for me. So no, yeah, you thanks. Fine. You did fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's Martin. Martin, everybody. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember, go to johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. That's where you'll find my audiobook. Click on it and listen to it. Go out there, love and be loved and enjoy the process. Bye now.